1: Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman, alongside me, Jared Kimber. We are back in South East London after a few days off uh, doing the washing, some uh, family stuff, looking after the kids, taking them to school, picking them up, just being dads again. It's time to reflect on the ashes. You've forgotten about it already? Well, thankfully, we're here to remind you it happened. Good afternoon, Jarrod. What a beautiful day. Suns still going. Test cricket should be played into October, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people don't like to talk about global warming, but look at what it's doing for uh, cricket in England. It's really it's extending the summer to such a point. Um, you know, I mean, they should, they're, they're supposed to be playing a Euro T20 league, um, which I'm supposed to be at, of course. I wouldn't have even been here. Um, but instead in Malahide at the moment, um, Ireland, Scotland and Netherlands are playing. And you shouldn't be able to play cricket in Scotland sorry, in Ireland, most of the year, let alone in September, and then all the teams are bashing over 200 every game. It's incredible, Seeds, So, uh, you know, yay for global warming.
1: I suppose one of the great things about cricket, test cricket, is the fact that it gives you a few days just to to mull over what you've just seen, because, you know, we were kind of caught up in that. I mean, two, the last two test matches... There's nine days of action in what uh, in under two weeks. And sometimes it's quite difficult to really uh, separate yourself from what you've seen. So I thought, uh, let's uh, return to the template that served us so well. I mean, it really did serve us well. Uh, and uh, have our review of the series. Starting, of course, with the player of the
2: series. It's Steve Smith, isn't it? I mean... It, have we gone back? Have, uh, has producer Lucy gone back to the stats to see how often we gave a player the, I think we gave a player that to in a couple of days he missed where he wasn't in the test match. Um, you know, it was one of the most incredible. You know, let, let's put it a little bit in context. Um, you, you have a player to begin with who. Doesn't fit into the system. Uh, he took a seven wicket haul as a leg spinner as a young man. He clearly was never a leg spinner. He was an incredible fielder. There were times it looked like he was playing for New South Wales, kind of as a fielder and part time bowler. Um, weirdly, not the only Australian cricketer um, who didn't fit into the cookie cutter to do that of recent times. Glenn well, Maxwell was another one when he started for Victoria. He then plays for Australia in a test match, uh, plays it headingly. Um, against Pakistan, makes 70 batting at number eight on a green top that was just an incredible bowling pitch. Muhammad Amir and Muhammad Asif, remember those guys? Um, back, back in their pre-ban days, um, bowling incredibly. They're completely. A bit like Smith, really. Yeah, completely skittling through Australia. He comes out and smashes 70. And I went to that press conference. I can't remember if it was me or Brighton up, but one of us asked Ricky Ponty. Well, based on that inning, is Steve Smith going to be ever a top six, top seven batsman? And Ricky Ponting's like, no. Now, Ricky Ponting's a pretty good judge of cricket. So that, you know, and there were a lot of people, and myself included, even when he got good, and he was clearly a good player of spin quite early on, and it was Danish Canary launching back over his head um, at Headingley that day. Even then, most of us thought, even if he gets good against spin, he's still going to be a, you know, an all-rounder at best. Um, He can't play the moving ball. He he looked like his technique wasn't made um, to play the ball if it wasn't straight. Um, he then comes back into the side and I think he averaged 30-odd in his first series in India. So again, you bring him back to play in in spin. He then plays in England and does very well in that 2013 Ashes. Becomes what he becomes, this incredible run-scoring batsman where he basically takes slips and gully out of play by the way he plays. Probably the first batsman to do it that completely since Bradman. Um, I think the Bradman comparisons, you, you can't really compare them on runs and how much better they are than other players in their era, but you can actually compare them technique-wise, which people don't seem to do as much. He then goes on to, obviously, you know, I mean, in an era where we have Williamson, A.B. De Villiers wasn't that long ago, Hashim Hamler wasn't that long ago, but you've got Williamson, Coley, um, and Root. He, he basically outbats all of them and they're all incredible batsmen. He then becomes the best batsman in the world and he gets caught in two cheating things. Which people don't mention the other one. He got involved in the brain fade incident where the Australian team were looking over the shoulder of, of the uh, player pretending they were talking to them but actually looking at the dugout to see if, there was a, if they should be reviewing um, decisions. And then he's then got in call, involved with another one. Has a year out from the sport, plays a bunch of T20 leagues and doesn't do very well and then comes back in his first test match um, and makes 100 in each innings when. The one, the one thing that everyone wasn't sure about was whether he could do it when the ball was moving around still. People were still not sure about that. Well, he did it twice at H-Bastard. Um And then goes on to have one of the most incredible um, series that any Test batsman has ever played. I mean, you know, you put all that in context. What an incredible story he is. And I'm not sure what stops him. I mean, brilliantly put. I mean, what can, else can you say about Smith?
1: But at times when I was watching him play this summer, you know, another very famous figure came to mind, not from the world of cricket, but, you know, somebody else who essentially has sat there and watched uh, the parameters of what is acceptable, you know, very much learnt the basics the rules and regulations the laws about how you supposedly go about things um, and uh, and torn them up and essentially... Uh, done it in a way that has left everybody else bewildered about what you can actually do to countenance somebody who can do the basics right, but essentially play the game to their own rules. And Steve Smith has been doing this for quite a while. Um, And it's just a question of when people change for him rather than just accepting um, that he's not going to come back their way.
2: And that, in essence, is exactly what Donald Trump's done in America. I did not think you were going to compare it to Donald Trump. I thought you were going Tiger Woods there. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because so so someone contacted me on Twitter and they said, "What's he doing? Like, why is he is he averaging you know twenty more than a, a normal great wood or whatever? Was it fifteen more than a normal great wood?" And I was like, "Well, he's cut out the slips and caught behind." So by by basically playing. Out, standing outside off stump or on off stump, he takes away the channel where most wickets go. That, that's where batsmen are at their most vulnerable because the ball's just outside their head. So it's just outside their eye line. It's, it's dangerous enough that it's near off stump. You don't know whether to play or leave. It brings in a lot of different things. Once you move out to off stump to do that, you take away that danger, which is incredible. I mean, you're, you're literally hacking the game, right? But well, this is exactly what Donald Trump's done. No, no, no. That's what I was going to say. But then you also need to be inc- incredibly... You need your hand-eye coordination to be much better than everyone else because most players are eventually going to miss the ball on the stumps. Um, and you could actually argue that teams don't bowl on the stumps enough to Steve Smith, and that's certainly... I, th- I think Crickfizz um, might have put some stats up about that later on. But the thing is, when teams do bowl on the stumps to him, he usually just flicks the ball through the leg side. Now, a bit like Donald Trump, uh, in, in no other way, is that Donald Trump's such, got such a career of... Everyone kind of, at this stage, even his supporters kind of know he's a showman more than a real person. Everything he says is basically a lie or a half lie or, a, you know, um, a stretching of the truth to a point where it almost doesn't matter anymore. And it's a bit the same with, with, with Steve Smith. You should be bowling at the stumps. But because he keeps hitting the ball off the stumps, you don't bowl at the stumps, which means you feed him in other ways. Exactly. The only difference I would have between them is Steve Smith does seem like a better person. <laughs> was Donald Trump ever banned for a year for Sandpapergate? I think they—they're not ever. I think there's a lot of things. There's a lot of current allegations <laughs> against Donald. Trump. I don't know how far you want me to go into them on a cricket podcast. No, I just finished with this one thing. Right, what was Bradman's first name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. You you bring it all together. You've been thinking about this. Is a, this is a two a.m.er, isn't it? <laughs>
1: No, I'm not Lucy the producer. I'm not working at 2am. Um, just one note, as I mean, Mel Farrow wrote a piece about the, uh, the greatness of Steve Smith and the fact that Ben Stokes, Stokes achieved great things. We'll never, ever be able to forget uh, what he achieved at Headingley. And I think um, it'll probably take us about 20 years before we see something like that
2: happen again. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because... The way that Stokes is, he sort of fits into the moment of the day, doesn't it? Because he didn't have an all-time great series, although he, considering the batting in this series, it was, you know, incredible. His bowling, I think, I don't know what he ended up average with the ball. Forty-five, seven wickets at forty-five, something like that. Yeah. So I mean, he. We know he can play better than this. I'm not sure he can bat much better than this. Although if he keeps improving, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he can. But for, he, he was a man of moments where Smith was always the man um, at all times. It, up until that final sort of failure where, where he got caught at leg slip, he was still, you know, the most, the most important person at all times. And he would, even in Headingley, he allowed for, for Stokes to play that innings by not being in the test match, didn't he? So, you know, in every way, Smith was uh, the player of the series. And uh, what Stokes did a couple of times this summer was incredible moments. Um, and also, you know, we've we've really needed this three or four days off the
1: back of that Ashes series. It's been, uh, in terms of time, the shortest Ashes series of all time. Five tests in forty six days. We've been allowed to just uh, chill out with our kids. Uh, it would have been nice if Stokes and uh, also his mum. I mean, I know there's lots been read about feeling sorry for Ben Stokes, and we don't need to go into the ins and outs of it. But you, I just feel. Sorry for the family, really, especially uh, to go through a tragedy like that so many years ago uh, and unfortunately have to go through it again. That's uh, it's pretty unedifying.
2: Well, look, we we are journalists and we know a lot of people and they would usually say things along the lines of, you know, it's in the public's best interest. The most hard-nosed journalist I know, I don't think a single one has said to me. That, that Ben Stokes, you know, the story about his mother, really, it's not even about Ben Stokes, which is ridiculous, is in the public's best interest. It just, it doesn't, it didn't need to be written. Um, you know, it was horrible. Um, and it's nothing about cricket. I, you know, there's, but Ben Stokes is, he's going to probably get those sorts of story, you know, not, hopefully there's nothing else like that. in his thing, But those sorts of, he's now a celebrity, I suppose is what I'm trying to say. And that's the sort of story that you write about a celebrity. And, you know, I, I work with the ECB, Uh, quite a few years ago to try and get the profiles of their cricketers up. Now, they didn't end up um, bringing me in because they were a bit afraid of me at the time. But I I was saying that you don't have any celebrity cricketers in in this era. And and it's ridiculous when you think that, you know, there's that that thing on um, James Anderson on the back of the bus, the wellness, whatever it is, and it says on it, James Anderson, England fast bowler. In a way that you probably don't need it for um, Raheem Sterling or you know uh, you know um, Jessica Ennis or Dina Asher-Smith in you know a year or two if she wins the gold medal, you still need that for cricketers. Ben Stokes probably now at that level where he doesn't need that, so that's great for the game. But to pour him through the uh, the other celebrity nonsense, I mean it was it was a dreadful article and you know uh, it it shouldn't have existed.
1: Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Well, it's Smith, isn't it? And it's Australia retaining the Ashes. But it's also, I think, Australia not winning the Ashes. And England and their captain, Joe Root, live to fight another day? Yeah, I think. Oh, and also the best Ashes since 2005. Although 2009 was a vastly underrated series. It just paled in, uh, I
2: suppose, comparison to what had happened four years previously. No, nah, this was a much better series in two thousand nine. I mean, they're similar actually, two thousand nine, because both times you had flawed teams sort of coming together. Um, but this was a better series. Um, it had higher highs. It had closer test matches. Um, obviously, you had the great draw in uh, in Cardiff. Um, but this had a it's had a decent draw in, in Lords, and then a brilliant um, heading headingly test. And you had Stokes, Jofra, Smith, Cummins, Hazelwood. I just think it was a little bit better. But two thousand nine was Quite a good series as well, but yeah, I yeah, it, it basically comes down to Australia seemed happy with retaining the ashes and maybe took the foot off. Well, I think they definitely took the foot off um, a little bit for that last test, and England have probably done enough that Denley, Root, Burns lived to fight on. And you know, had they lost this series and they'd been crushed in that last test, a very it's very obvious that root was in all sorts going to new zealand where and where new zealand are a really good side at the moment um and then south africa uh, maybe not quite as good as new zealand but there's a lot of talent there as well um although their best bowler took 17 wickets uh, potentially in the county cricket yesterday um but yeah so i you know england have just fought out a little bit that's why the series sort of You know, we were talking about this being a potentially great series. It's probably just gone beneath that because it did fizzle out in that last test. It really needed England to probably. uh If England had batted out that.
1: Old Trafford test, yes. it would have re- retained the ridiculousness and set up that la- that last test match. And you would have thought that Australia wouldn't have been so mind-frazzled as well. So, um, you know, that probably needed to happen. But again, that just shows how amazing 2005 was.
2: Yeah, and there aren't many great test series. You know, we talked about it dur- during this series. You know, there's a reason people remember 2001 Australia, India and 2005, um, you know, Ashes, is because there aren't that many. And this was an incredible series it's probably just not at that, at that level and it did fizzle out and that's part of the problem um, but you know we did have a test series that was where where both teams could win or well, one team could win it and another team could draw it coming into the last test in five test match series that's you know there are how many Ashes um, drawn series can you remember in your lifetime? No this is the first one yeah you know and you're really and old you really old <laughs> a ball
1: of the series uh, well, there's two, I imagine. One from Australia, one from England. I mean, the f- for me, OK, well, I'll go because we haven't, we haven't uh, discussed ahead of... <laughs> we haven't uh, compa- compared notes. The two balls, actually. There's the one, uh, Joffrey Archer, to knock out Steve Smith. And then there's kind of the same ball, but it occurred from two different bowlers that ended up with the same result. And that was the dismissals of Joe Root for a duck from Hazelwood and Cummins.
2: Yeah, oh, well, for me, the ball Balls the Ball of the series, um, it lit up the series, um, and realistically, probably changed it. It allowed England to win a test um, at that stage. Um, oh I and they weren't that far from winning the Lords Test as well, so it gave them a chance of winning maybe two tests, one ball. Um, that's a hell of a ball. You don't get that very often, do you? That's a, that's a ball of the century right there. Um, it also changed the way we think about cricket a little bit, you know, with the concussion um, substitute coming in. Uh, and it was a brutal, brutal moment. Not just that ball, but everything that builds up to it. So I, I know what you mean about the 90-mile-an-hour, you know, outswing off uh, leg cutters to Joe Root, but they don't compare um, to what Joffre did. And that was, you know, Jofra lit a lit a fire under this series. And, you know, we don't know how long he'll be able to do what he does. He's already bowling seven and eight over spells. To be fair, so is Pat Cummins at that pace, you know, um if you look at Shoa Bakhtar and Sean Tate, to that, for them to get to similar and even quicker paces, it took everything out of them and they would be exhausted at the end. Um, we saw with Mitchell Johnson one summer, uh, you know, it was eight tests over, uh, you know, Australia and South Africa of bowling that fast? He could never do it again. Um, you know, he could do it for individual balls, but he couldn't do it. So we don't know what Joffrey's going to become. And, he, you know, Sean Pollock, no one ever talks about this, but Sean Pollock was really quick um, and ended up being a. a a fraction above Tim Murtagh sorry Polly if you're listening <laughs> but, but not sorry Tim yeah no I mean that's a great great honour for Tim Murtagh to be but do you know what I mean we know Peter Siddle's a perfect example Peter Siddle comes into test cricket proper 90 mile an hour bowler first ball in test cricket smashes Gautam Gambier in the head the only way he's smashing Gautam Gambier or his equivalent in the head now is if someone's sweeping him uh, and you know he's not that pace bowler anymore and you do slow down so Joffre at the moment is so exciting and you just hope he can go on but for that one little moment and if this is all we get of Jofra 95 miles an hour it's still incredible isn't it and then what you know that, that one ball then follows on with that incredible spell at Headingley as well where he basically bowls in low 80s and still takes wickets you know, the, for me you know just it, it lifted the ashes and had Joffre not come in at that time I think Australia I'd just sort of cruise it from then on in it would have been a very very dull it would have been a bit like maybe 2013 maybe like 2015 sort of dull and, and, and obvious from then on in 2017, 2018, I reckon.
1: Shot of the series. Well, Ben Stokes at Headingley, cutting Cummins away for four. I imagine that would be my shot of the day. Oh, shot of the series. What would yours be?
2: I think it was Ben Stokes at Headingley, reverse sweeping out of the rough for six. Um, look i mean you know and it's a bit if it was obviously compared to the both of innings it's a much better innings than the both of innings having having seen um both of them um i'm not one of them live uh, i'm not quite as old as you but um it's a much better innings than the, the than the both of them innings but there's still that and and, and, and pereira there's a certain point where if you're watching it there's a bunch of times that should go wrong one of the times that should go wrong is when he's reverse sweeping um uh, out of the rough uh, for six over the sweeper's head. Uh, you know, he should have hit that straight up in the air or missed it. Um, there was the other one. You, you said the, the cut of, of Cummins. It was also the reverse paddle shot that he played off Cummins? Those two
1: shots you mentioned, the reverse paddle and the reverse sweep, are more audacious shots. But in terms of an iconic image, and we saw it on social media over the last 24 hours, that moment will live forever.
2: Yeah, yeah maybe you're right. The, the, the paddle that he played over his shoulder... Um, where he hit it for six, which might have been the first out of the ordinary shots he was playing. I can't remember if he would already No, the playing. sweep was before he it. Had a, yeah. So he, he'd attacked line, but he hadn't attacked the quicks yet. The first time he tried to play that paddle over his shoulder. So he's face, firstly, he's facing Pat Cummins, who no one can hit normally in this series. And he tries it the first time, and it's a terrible shot. The, the attempt that he played—it looks like you or me trying the shot. We were like, we kind of know what the shot is, but we're not actually sure how to put it together. And there's a really fast bowler coming in, and he missed it. And then the next shot, he plays a very much more organised version of it. Um, so what I'm saying is that there was the shot of the series was about seven shots that he played in that innings. Um, you know, you, you could also have every time Steve Smith walked across his stumps and flicked the ball to back of square leg, but they weren't quite as much fun as uh, what Ben Stokes did.
1: No Anodyne Press Conference moment of the series today. We're just going to listen to an interview taking place on Wednesday between Joe Root, England captain, and Ian Abrahams, Ian the Moose Abrahams.
3: Joe, first of all, a, a, good, a really good summer. Winning the World Cup and then drawing the Ashes series. Yeah, um, brilliant summer of cricket. I think we've been blessed with some fantastic support um, throughout the whole year. Um, and it was, I think it was really fitting, actually, that we finished with a win like we did. The World Cup, you'll remember forever and a day. I mean, that wasn't the most incredible day of sport, wasn't it? Yeah, that Sunday was very special. Um, That last hour in particular, watching Joss and Ben build that partnership, get us somewhere close, and then Ben to play as he did towards the end there was just breathtaking. And Super over, um, you couldn't really have written it, could you? That that game, how it all unfolded, it made for great drama. It's great to be a part of, and... um, I think a very fitting way to to finish what was a fantastic tournament. We've got your tours coming up on Talksport in Sri Lanka and, and South Africa. I mean, again, a long period of time away from home. So how do you now switch off for the next couple of months? I'm just uh, probably go away for for a week or so and just spend some time at home. You know, that in itself is a bit of a getaway, <laughs> if you like. So just to be around the family, um, do normal things. You now I'm quite looking forward to cooking a few meals up and. Just spending a few nights at home in my own bed. So, um, yeah, that's going to be a really nice way to, to refresh and get ready again for what's the next exciting tour.
1: Unluckiest of the series. Uh, well,
2: it's got to be Batsman, hasn't it? Yeah, certainly Batsman. I mean, you thought openers, and I think that's quite fair as well. Uh, you, you know, you don't really want to... Open, broad in incredible form, especially the left-handers and Joffre at the other end. Um, I mean, and let's remember, Anderson didn't even play. Um, and then you've got, you know, Cummins, Hazelwood. Um, it, Pattinson didn't even take any wickets, and... Um, uh, you know, he, he looked incredible at times as well. And Mitchell Stark obviously blew through a couple of people. There's some, there's some bowlers in this series, I suppose is what I'm saying. Um, and for me, you know, this is one of those series. I remember Australia played the West Indies quite, uh, a few years ago, and a bunch of batsmen averaged 30 to 35 in that series. And 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 the press back home was, oh, no one can bat, you know. But actually averaging 30 to 35 in that series on terrible Pitches that favoured bowlers wasn't that bad and I think you're going to see that with you know Manus not going on to make 100 Rory Burns not making um, as many big scores as he should have um, and Joe Denley you know um, not making 100 and also you know uh, uh, failing a lot they've all had better than average batting series in this um, I'm not sure that that means any of them are long-term players um, but this is the problem, and this is the way that we we view cricket. Is I think people are going to look back, and some other young guy is going to come in, and he's going to play against a far worse attack, and he's going to average forty five, and everyone's going to be like, "Well, Rory Burns is only averaging thirty in Test cricket," whereas in actual fact, we know that um, in that particular series, what he did was worth a lot more than that. Um, you know, it, it it's a it's a weird time to be a batsman because it is really hard to bat in test cricket at the moment. And this is not, you know, we made a lot of fun about Australia and England not batting very well in this series. Um, but the numbers worldwide are saying the last two years, batsmen, have basically um, what's happened is CEOs and, and cricket boards have worked out that people really like exciting test cricket and the, they just changed the pitches. And on top of that, we have an incredible crop of bowlers. You know, people keep saying to me, who's the best bowler in the world at the moment? Is it Bumrah? Is it Cummins? Is it uh, Rabada? Um, uh, is it Joffre, they're missing out yeah, James Anderson, who's been tearing it up. They're missing out Trent Bolt. They're missing out Kimar Roach. That Everyone is tearing up at the moment. And there's just an incredible quality of bowlers out there. So in general, I feel unlucky for the batsmen. But we, we might have to, a little bit like 70s and 80s, we might have to recalibrate what a good batsman is at the moment um, and actually say, you know, the guy who, who averaged 30 in a series where uh, everyone else averaged 22 is not too bad. Should Alistair Cook still be playing? Well, a lot of his numbers, his his drop at the end of his career came on that era where bowlers were back in charge again. So, um, you know, I... I Look, how old is he? 33, 34? We, we were in the West Indies when we stayed in the same hotel in one place and uh, he did a lot of fitness. So I I literally saw Alistair Cook in the gym. I was pretending to be watching things on my phone and I was watching Alistair Cook in the gym. There was nothing about... Matt Pryor, he looked a little bit former pro, okay? Gareth Batty looked a little bit Old guy hanging in right at the end there. Darren Goff, very much former pro, right? Al- Steve Harmson? Maybe not even pro. <laughs> um, Alistair Cook looked like um you know, and I you know, I've seen, you know, in these T twenty leagues, I see these guys in the gym. He looked like a professional athlete still. He's young enough to be playing. Yes. Does he want to come back for the next couple of years and face all these guys? Maybe not, but yeah, I think he is. You know, legitimately um, talented enough, and you, you could go to other guys too. You know, someone like Chris Rogers <laughs> would be able to do a very good job for Australia at the top of the order now. You know, and he's a couple of years out of the game. They have some skills that some of the new generation maybe don't have, and they are also of a quality that we we're not quite seeing at the moment. But they're also used to facing really good bowlers. But no one who's coming back in now is really going to be dominating. Um, you know, Steve Smith is is a freak, Coley Kane Williamson, Joe Root, if they can keep their averages around 50, I think they're doing incredibly well in this era. LOL of the
1: series. Producer Lucy, she was working at 4.30 in the AM to put this uh, together. It's essentially uh, educating Jarrah Kimber, and I'm glad to say I've done the educating. Let's have a listen.
2: (laughs) he didn't do that so it's i don't know it's probably not a mistake it's maybe a gap was a gaff is a gaff a mistake uh yeah it is it is so that's why when we look when we look in the mirror we look so much more handsome than we are in real life
1: yeah that is exactly why
2: we live in a state at the moment so we're sort of is it pavlov's dog we're we're pavlov's cat Schroeder's, Schroeder's, <laughs> Schroeder's cat. We're Schrodinger's cat. That's the one. Pavlov's dog's one that... that. Pavlov's dog is a cake. A dog eating dog. a cake. It's not a dog in eating In New Zealand. Zealand. You don't know what you're talking about. Not so much a rant, was it? Could, is it because I'm here? Can I not? I can't rant in front of... Is, is this a lake? It is a lake. And, um, no, it would be a little bit
1: uh, strange to be ranting about Jack Leach in front of, you know, two or three six-year-olds
2: on their bikes. Uh, and not qualified straight away. So it would be different if Jofra Archer uh, was um, qualified for England straight away, which you could argue he probably should have been, being that you know, his father was a tube driver here. But, uh, can you, a tube driver? Is it, yeah, I suppose you are a tube driver. Was he a tube driver? Or was it just other trains? It might have been overground trains. I'm in London, so I only know about the underground trains. But Cameron Bancroft didn't, didn't just put sandpaper in his pocket now, did he, John? He put it in his undies. He put it in, did you say knickers? Only for women. Okay. Panties? Only for women. Okay. Why fronts? Only for men. Okay. Well, as we stand here with the ducklings beneath us, is that a duckling? I think it's a It's a bird anyway. Um, it's a baby bird in water.
1: It's a baby coot. Okay. Um, I think it's a moorhen actually, not coot. Nickers. 4.30 in the morning she was working. That's ridiculous.
2: A lot of people like my voice, and I can see why she wouldn't stay up and listen to it. Uh, on the Pavlov's dog and Schrodinger's cat. Could they not have used other animals? They're two interchangeable cats and dogs. What I need is a hedgehog and a snake, or a ferret and uh, something that's not... A turtle, something that's not like a ferret. I always get those two confused. I know what the two studies are, but I can never remember which person and which animal goes with which. Um, You know, at the
1: start of the ashes, what we talked about was that these are two flawed teams with different flaws different strengths and that we thought would actually make for a really compelling series and we were right but shall we just rattle through if we can come up with 11 mistakes um, I'll start off with uh, Tim Payne's use of DRS at Headingley and throughout the series what about yours
2: yeah uh, I think we have to mention the umpiring I don't I don't think it was always of poor quality but it was certainly not good Jason Roy's opener Joe Denley as opener. I know he made runs, but it, it still uh, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Actually, he probably made more runs at, as opener than he did at four. That's very true. Uh, Marcus Harris as opener.
1: David Warner as opener. Cameron Bancroft as opener. Okay, so we're up to seven. Um, playing Jimmy Anderson at uh, Edgerston that's eight. Uh, Peter Siddle coming back in for the last test. That's nine. Uh, Tim Payne opting to
2: bowl first at the Oval, that's ten. Um do we have an eleven? Um I'm trying to think. There must have been something else. Uh, oh well I mean, you know, uh, No, I've got nothing. <laughs> I'm trying to think
1: Dooby dooby do Okay, well ten. Ten mistakes. There must be one more.
2: Uh sending Steve Smith back out to bat at Lords. Yes. <clears throat> well done. I mean, he shouldn't have been back out there. I, this whole thing about concussion protocols and everything—I'm glad he passed the concussion protocols. He was quite clearly not in any normal state to go out and bat, though, was he? Um, so, you know, and what was Justin Langer's comment? What was I going to do? Stop him? Yeah, that's what managers do, Justin. Moment of the series. Moment of the series has got to be Steve Smith, hasn't it? Yeah, it's Joffrey Smith, isn't it? It's that 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 spell really, as much as anything. No, actually, I take it back. I think it's Ben Stokes. I think it's the Ben Stokes innings. We're not going to see too many more things like that. It's funny, we've seen a couple of incredible chases, you know, the the Sri Lanka one and and England's one here. Um, Can I just say one thing, all right? I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate here a little bit, but
1: see, what Ben Stokes achieved was extraordinary for an hour, more to do with the state of the game rather than actually what he did out in the field, which was score 150-odd, or whatever he scored, I can't even remember. (laughs) Isn't what Steve Smith did in the first test actually more extraordinary? It's just that he essentially produced a match-saving century after all the reasons you gave at the top of the show. Match-saving century in first innings. And that inning spat, you know, it was extraordinary throughout and it was chanceless as well. And then he had a match-winning innings in second innings. All of this after being out of the game for a year. At Edgbaston, which is the 16th most intimidating ground in world cricket, In an Ashes test
2: at the start of the series? No? No, because there's only been 20 odd chases of over 300 in the history of Test cricket, whatever. I forget how many there is, 30 maybe. Um, And uh, he did it. Good stat. And he did it with um, the tail in an Ashes test where they were behind against one of the best bowling attacks in the world. Um, Fair enough. Smith did incredibly, but Anderson was down. In that test, only bowled four overs. Smith was incredible, but it was a, it was an incredible innings. Whereas if, if you're talking about the actual moment of the series, which we are in this segment, that's what we're doing, John. Um, if that's the case, then I think for moment of the series, you're not going to get much better than, than Ben Stokes. We, we went on to talk sport to talk on their, their press show of the name I've forgotten. Is it called the press show? Ah, look at that. No, it's not. I can't remember what it's called. (laughs) We went on that to talk about it. And, you know, they were so excited that they brought us on. um, Two cricket experts. It was 38 people in that studio. And they talked to us for about an hour about this innings, which tells you how incredible it was. But we said at the time that it really does depend on whether England used that to go on and win or not. And they obviously didn't go on to win. They've ended up with a draw um, at the end, partly because of that innings. But no one's ever going to stop talking about that innings anyway. How many people are going to remember the scoreline in, Sh- in Sh- uh, Sri Lanka, South Africa, over the fact that, you know, uh, Kusa Pereira played that innings? And we see that a lot, you know. Uh, you know, the, the Botham's Ashes is a little bit different, but you see these incredible moments. You know, even Mark Butcher's innings are still talked about a lot, right? Um, and that was in a losing series in a dead rubber because they, they don't come along that often. And there's a feeling now that they're coming along more often, but it's only because we're playing more tests. The actual, it's actually just as hard to chase over 300 as it's ever been. That might change, but it hasn't over the last couple of years. So if that's the case, we're not going to see too many more innings. In our lifetime, we're not going to see more than a handful of innings that good. Um, and we have lucky lifetimes because we travel around following these things. But even then, we're not going to see. How many tests have you have seen? I've seen about 160, 170. Um, you've probably seen about the same. We're not going to see too many more moments of that. We are going to see more moments like Steve Smith's. Probably by Steve Smith. Yeah. If not, yeah, he does it a lot. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. And look, that's not to downplay what Steve Smith does, because he was, that's why he was at the top of the show. He had a pretty damn, pretty damn handy series. But for moments, for me, Ben Stokes was on another level. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Jared, and
1: myself, will be back on the following on podcast. I'm not sure exactly when or what the template will be or what we're going to be talking about. But uh, uh, thanks for being with us throughout this uh, incredible summer of 2019. And, uh, of course, TalkSport will uh, uh, be following England's tours abroad to New Zealand next month for myself. And then myself and Jared will be back in South Africa. So uh, hopefully you'll join us throughout that. So subscribe and review on iTunes and Acast. And thanks for joining us here on the following on podcast.